Found it. There it is, ladies and gents. Going old school, baby. Old school. Smooth and good. But that's okay, because today's my favorite day of the week, S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. Let's get this show on the road. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Bros. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're already on fire, but James, drop some more heat for us, baby. Here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, and drop a review. Help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so honored and excited to bring another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. Any old schmo can be given authority and tell people what to do. If you've ever spent time in corporate America or in the military, you know that a person with authority is just that, a person with authority. It takes something extra to be a leader, and that something is purpose. Today's guest is on a mission to unlock human potential and to help people tap into the authenticity, growth, spirituality, wellness, and power in each of us. Our guest has coached leaders all around the globe. He's spoken in front of thousands at hundreds of events, written books, and facilitated online courses, and changed corporate cultures by incorporating purpose into leadership. He learned that the more he challenged mainstream ideologies, the more he was able to help people move through their pain-to-purpose journey and find the answers that are already inside each of us. If you want to become the leader you wish that you had, the mentor you needed when you were younger, and the coach that supported you in unlocking your most authentic self and achieving your goals, stay tuned for this awesome episode. Joining us today out of Phoenix, Arizona, award-winning coach, author, keynote speaker, and podcast host, welcome to the show, Michael Seaver! Woo! He dropped some heat right there, Michael. I can feel you feeling it right there. What'd you think? I loved it. That was awesome. You've been on a, a lot of different stages, and uh, whenever you talk to different speakers, uh, they always, well, whenever you listen to a lot of speakers, they always connect with you with their reason why they're on that stage, right? What is it that got them there? Some trial, some tribulation, something that put them in a position to now be able to speak to people about what they went through. What is your why? Why, why are you doing it? So... My mission is to unlock human potential. And my top three core values are authenticity, spirituality, and growth. And what it really came down to is that years ago, I heard this quote and it really stuck with me. And I tried to live by it now, right? I have this mission. I have these core values. But this quote is, be the person you needed when you were younger. Mm. And when I first heard that, like it really stuck with me as to how I could help others unlock their own potential. Right. So when we're younger, we have some challenges that we go through when we're kids or in our teenage years. 
And then around age 30, we figure out a way to overcome them. And then we find a lot of meaning in life. We uncover our purpose in our 30s and 40s by helping others overcome the exact same challenge we overcame when we were younger. So I always want to bring people back to that our purpose is about the service of others, but it's in helping them overcome similar challenges that we did. That's, that's deep. I never heard it said that way. You know, I always, I always heard things like, you know, you're, you're, you don't need to be an expert. You need to be a step ahead. It's kind of like that movie. Um, uh, what was it? Leonardo DiCaprio. I just showed it to my class. Ch um, catch me if you can, right. Where he, he's sitting there teaching, uh, you know, French class for like a few weeks to the class. And then when they asked him how he did, he's like, I just stayed one chapter ahead of everybody else. And that's it. But you're taking it a little bit further. You're like, you, the, the person that you're speaking to is yourself. It's just yourself when you needed help. Did I hear that correctly? You nailed it, brother. So the way that I look at this is that the pandemic has really escalated the pace at which this transformation in society is occurring. So kind of pre-2019, we oftentimes found meaning by being associated with a sports team or a university or some organization or some religion. Like humans found meaning inside of that. But since basically 2012, but it's been escalated in 2019, 2020, 2021, is, is that humans are now finding meaning by looking at their own life's experiences, by looking mm. at their friendships, by looking at the places they work, by participating in specific groups and forming deep and meaningful relationships. So instead of finding meaning through something else or some other person, we're now intentionally having experiences to find meaning in our own life events in our own life purpose, right? And that I think is a big change, but it's happening right now. You think it has to do with the Instagram era? I mean, you said around 2012, that's about the time we started getting iPhones in our hands. We started taking a lot of selfies, started documenting our stuff. I mean, it, it's it's funny because I, I, I say this all the time, you know, I'm doing this show every single day, your episode 820. Uh, and obviously my goal is to make an impact and, and influence and change things. But what I always tell people is the worst case scenario is I have 820 episodes of my thoughts, my personality, who I am, where I've been, what I was thinking that I can look back and enjoy or any of my children or grandchildren or whatever. Like it's documented there now. Every single day there's something there. You know, when you're just what you're describing feels like it's people are just literally bringing their photo albums to life and then reflecting back. Yeah. The human species was designed to learn from experiences, right? When we engage the five senses and we feel an emotion as a result of doing something, we, we really love the experience. We learn faster by it and we find more meaning inside of that. And so by telling our story, we then are learning more about ourselves and healing ourselves and growing more, but we're also giving the people around us the freedom to do the same. Right. So 820 episodes turning is no joke. Right. That's phenomenal. And you think about all of the lies that you've impacted as a result of just being a guest, the things that you've learned, the things that you've shared with your students, like the the trickle effect of how that goes out around you is astronomical and you can't see it. Right. You don't mm -hmm. know the impact until years later. And I've had multiple clients come back to me years later and said, you said this. And at the time, I didn't understand what it meant. But years later, it sunk in. And now my life is radically different. And so I get to do that every day as an executive coach, helping to change cultures inside businesses. And you're doing it through not only telling your story, but also telling the stories of the people that you interview. And the trickle effect of that second, third, fourth, fifth level is so huge, you can't possibly imagine the size. 
Well, let's let's play the devil's advocate on on the other side. You know, when I'm around, uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll go way back, right? When I was around my baseball players in high school, I acted one way. When I was in a classroom, I acted another way. When I was at home with my parents, I acted a different way. When I was at church, I would act a different way. You know, it's it's one thing to be able to find who your authentic authentic self is, uh, and use that to kind of grow and and from all our experiences. But how do we actually find out who we are if we are playing a different role in different areas in our life? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty challenging thing because most of the with the way that society is constructed, K through 12 and sometimes university system, they don't really take the time. Maybe it's changing a little bit more recently, but they don't really take the time to discover those things. So the way that I do it is I give people a series of assessments and I look for five tools, right? Five things that anybody can gain access to if they choose to. And then there's a process I put them through. So tool number one is a communications personality assessment. There are many that are out there for free. Some you can get for paid. But the point is, is that when you know your communication preferences and style, you now know how you're going to show up in the world. Mm-hmm. Number two is you have to understand what motivates you. What right? are those things that subconsciously, unconsciously motivate you to do the things you do? And if you know that, you can spend more time doing that. But there are assessments on the web that can teach you that. Number three I have uh, people do a core values assessment. What are the top five or six things that are most important to them based on the lessons they've learned or based on the legacy they desire to leave? Number four is I put them through a 10 point Q&A that is really designed to help them see the patterns in their lives. What did they love to do? What was really challenging? What were the, the mentors? Who were those mentors that really taught them specific lessons? How can they pass that on to the next generation? What does that look like? And the fifth thing is their strengths or their authority or what makes them different or unique in the marketplace. So by spending maybe a week or two, maybe three weeks going through the process of collecting this data about yourself, you now are going to see yourself in a light that you never had before. And so what I encourage everybody to do is collect those five pieces of data, look for the patterns and the consistencies across all of them. And then utilize that information to write your personal mission statement, you write that purpose that we talked about at the beginning of the show, or to live by your core values or to write goals that are in alignment with those things. So by taking just a little bit of time to come back and uncover this data about who you really are, then you can start to adjust your behaviors moving forward. And that's where joy and happiness and engagement, especially inside of a business, that's where that comes from. That uh... ain't no thing like me, said me. Thanks, Rocket. That's exactly right, right? There ain't no thing like me except me. Um, but I feel, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll share something with you. I mean, lately I felt uh, a little lost myself. And, and you know, I feel like I've, I'm pretty consistent. I have routines. I have habits. But maybe it's, you know, crossing that 40 threshold and, and getting that, that different age group or watching my kids grow up and become independent uh, human beings, right? Or, you know watching my parents or my in-laws get a little bit older, I'm almost like, I feel like I got a lot of shit figured out. And for everything that I have figured out, I feel like there's so many things that I have zero clue what I'm supposed to do. Right. Like, is is that normal? Is that something you, you come across? Oh my gosh. Yes. Every person on earth experiences this. So in, in astrology, all persons at age 28, 29 go through what astrologists call as a Saturn return. But what that really means is, is that we go through about a year around age 28 or 29, where we reflect back on the first 27, 28 years of our life. And we say, what the heck happened? Like, what did I learn? What were those lessons that I learned? And what do I want to do different? So it just so happens, Hernan, I'm age 41. And so we're at this point, you and I were we're at this phase 
this phase in life where we're now being presented with lots of options. And so when people turn 40, 41, we're inundated with lots of different options. And what it does to the human being is that it teaches every human that the possibilities for their life are actually far bigger than they might have initially perceived. <laughs> so if you feel that point of, I don't know what to do next, that's actually really good. Take the next six, seven, eight, nine months to just sit in it, right? Don't do anything. Just let the options and the opportunities come to you. And then at some point, six, seven, eight months down the road, you'll, you'll know unequivocally what's the right path forward. So it's a little uncomfortable short term because you don't know what to do, but actually the powers is in not doing anything, right? It's just collecting the data and letting these things come your way and then choosing later. That's uh, easier said than done, dude. <laughs> it, 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 okay, so uh, last night I was journaling in my journal, and, and one of the things I was writing about was uh, creating my own, designing my own life, right? Living my life by design versus by default. Uh, and so one of the things I put on there as my number one is that my time off is my time off, right? I keep hearing it over and over again. James gets on my case all the time. Uh, the wife gets on my case all the time. Cause I'm the type of person who like, when you're talking about sitting for a couple months to kind of like figure it out, that's difficult for me. Right. And so, uh, even, even now, like I teach high school part times. And then one of the reasons I did that is so that the wife and I are on the same calendar, the kids and I are all on the same calendar. So literally we're finishing up a week, a, a two week break this week that the kids were not in school. We were not in school. Uh, and I still had things on my calendar that I, I wanted to get done for work, for business. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I've made it a point to do nothing. And I don't know how comfortable I was doing that. I felt really bad. I felt guilty. I was like, I feel like I'm wasting time. Like I'm not pursuing where I'm trying to go professionally, right? Like I feel like that. But at the same time, I keep hearing how much you should just sit back and and let this world sink in. Like, I, I feel, I feel like I, I, like I want to yell out the universe and be like, okay, what are you trying to tell me? Like, <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm waiting, I'm watching TikToks, I'm watching stupid shit on TV, <laughs> waiting for something to hit me. I don't know what that something is supposed to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, 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 I know you guys. it's normal, but how does, how do I work through that? Yeah, I feel you. Uh, Cause I've definitely experienced it a ton myself. And so it's, it's, I think it's about iteration. And so what I mean by that is that when we have this year around age 40 or 41, we can iterate on small things in our life. We can make small adjustments in our life, but we're not meant to make these whole scale, incredibly large changes in our life, like completely transitioning a career or moving to a different part of the world. We're not meant to do that. We're meant to make small little iterations, small little experiments, small little things that we can learn from via the five senses and the experiential learning. Right. That's what we're supposed to do. And then at some point, some really big transformation, age 41 ish will come and you'll know it's time to transition. But sitting down and having time for reflection, having time for journaling is immensely beneficial because emotions are data. So if you really look back at the information that you have inside your journal, you're going to see patterns. And if you look at the patterns, you're going to know that it's time for some sort of transition. It's time for some growth. It's time to do something different. But it's not about major, major changes. It's about little tweaks and adjustments. So mm. taking more time for yourself is beautiful. You should always do that, especially in today's society where there's so much craziness going on. You need more time to balance your energy and to be in a place of being able to show up holistically for your family, for your students and you know, for the podcast. Right. It really matters. It totally it totally uh, brings a different perspective. Uh, just listening. And it's funny because I consume t TikTok like that. Right. I'm like. 
what are people thinking right now? What's going on in their head? And I, I always <laughs> I always watch them for twofold. I'm like, one, give me some ideas for some headlines and hooks, because that's really what you're seeing every single time you scroll. But yep. two, what are people thinking? Right? Like what, what's what's going on in people's minds? Like that's really a perspective? Like that's what that's your your conclusion on that? Like I, that stuff really blows my mind. But at the same time, now I can bring back those ideas, those, those thought processes, those trends or whatever and i get to have a conversation about that with other people who may not see what my thread is right yeah. uh that because that's something that's unique about the internet everybody if we opened up our social medias our threads all look different to each other we're almost yeah. even embarrassed to show one another what is on our feed because we don't know what kind of dark <laughs> secrets are going to crawl out of our closet right so True. and i want to take that back to being authentic self like the, the shame factor in being able to show people, hey, this is, oh, check this out. This is what's going on my on my thread. Or sitting down and having a conversation about a topic that might be controversial. Or, or having a conversation where at the end of the day, you don't agree. Part of that is being your authentic self, but not everybody's willing to do those things. Is it helpful to be vulnerable in that state and share those opinions and those thoughts and that thread? Yeah, it is. I completely agree. So this is the thing is that every human on earth grows and ascends in their own time, right? And at different times, right? We all have different curriculum in life, if you will, right? So I refer to this in my book as being an earth school curriculum. Every human has an earth school curriculum that's different. So we're here to learn specific things. But it just so happens that in the early years of our life, our parents teach us what it means to be a member of society, right? So their methodologies and their ways and their emotional responses and how they judge others or how they learn, all of that gets taught to us basically from birth until about age six or seven. So then after age six and seven, we just repeat those behaviors as we become a teenager or as we become an adult. And so the things that we learned, those inherited, what's called an inherited narrative, those things we learned from our parents, we repeat them. And as we get into our 20s and our 30s, we start to think about, well, I don't want to do it my parents' way. I want to do it my own way. And in those feelings of guilt and shame and abandonment and wonderment, they all start to pop up. So the trick is, is that just recognizing that you're going through a process of shedding this old version of yourself, that you're sitting in an emotional neutral zone, kind of experimenting with something new. And then once you get to a point that you're really happy with something, then you can do that a lot. But the key to being able to build a relationship and trust with somebody is by offering small vulnerabilities first, not big ones, just small ones. And then you ratchet up the level of vulnerability in the conversations as time passes, right? So one or two small vulnerabilities in the first dialogue, a couple dialogues later, offer something a little bit deeper, a couple dialogues later, offer something a little bit deeper. And as you do that, that gives others what's called psychological safety to be able to do the same thing back to you. But you oftentimes have to do it first, right? As soon as you do it, then likely they're going to respond and give you some vulnerability. And that's where really deep trust-filled relationships start. And sometimes I refer to this as being finding an uncommon commonality. Because when you have these conversations and you share personal things about yourself and you realize that you have something in common, right? Hernan's a teacher. I've taught at universities before. Like we have something in common that we wouldn't have known about before, now we have something to talk about moving forward, right? That really matters. So little bits of vulnerability that you can offer over periods of time, find those uncommon commonalities because that's the thing that's going to keep the relationship going long-term. You know, when you're, when you're describing those uh, small vulnerabilities, the image that popped into my head is, oh, that's why happy hours work. Because you start <laughs> off with a little bit of, 
you know, having a conversation and then you get a little bit of liquid courage and then you start getting into some debates. And then at the end of the thing, right, where everybody's a little like, bro, I love you, man. Like, I just I freaking love you. Like you get to that phase, you know, at the end of the day, the next day comes around the corner, you're back at work or, or you're in another setting and you have this emotional connection. You were at your highest, you were at your, you debated whatever it is that you debated or, or, or connected with. And yep. then you had those vulnerable things where like, dude, I know I drank too much. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to spill on your shirt or whatever it is. But it, it, you know, when you're describing that, that's the visual that I had in my mind. It's like, yep. you're, you're literally taking those steps that you described. That's the visual for me of going through all those things that I've yeah. seen work out. Right. I mean, okay, cool. <laughs> it's really the perfect metaphor, right? That's exactly how it works. It's just that whether it happens in one night hanging out at the restaurant or the bar or whether it happens over a month of repeated conversations doesn't matter. What matters is that it happens. Hmm. So I have this podcast that you're on and the cool thing about it is I get to start a relationship with so many different people. You're at episode 820. We've interviewed over 650 people on the show. That means I've been able to initiate a conversation with people. My problem, and I feel like the same problem that a lot of uh, salespeople and entrepreneurs have, is not the initial part, it's the follow-up part. How do I make sure it's authentic? Because I'll be honest, I mean, there's a lot of times I know, and James and I have this as our number one rule in business, it's to be of service to others. I don't always want to be of service so how do I make sure that when I reach out, I remain authentic, right? Because I still want to make sure that I, I do that. But push through some of those times where, you know, you quote unquote, don't feel like it. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. In, in, in today's society, right, the kind of uh, always be closing methodology has kind of shifted to the place where we need to be deepening the relationship in each successive conversation. And so in each time that you reach out to somebody, you have to begin the dialogue with something personal about that person that they mentioned before. Right. So the same way that in the dialogue, you're trying to uncover vulnerabilities, the same thing effectively occurs when you're deepening a relationship and managing a relationship long term is that each conversation, you have to say something about them personally, check in with them personally, something that they mentioned to you before. But then you also have to find a way to add just a little bit of value, right? Send that website, make that connection for them, offer them something complimentary, whatever it is. But the trick is, is that you have to schedule time on your calendar repeatedly to reach out to those people. Because in society today, the International Journal of Work and Stress found that pre-2020, while we were in an office, that there were 85 interruptions that happened per day in an office, mm. right? So imagine running a business and every single one of your employees was being interrupted 85 times. So productivity tanks. Now imagine post-COVID, Right. That number is probably double because people are working from home, homeschooling kids, fill in the blank. All of that stuff has happened. So now the number of interruptions and distractions is likely double what it was two years ago. So in order to really build the relationship, you have to continue to deepen the personal side, right? The humanity side. But you need to be very recurrent in scheduling the time to reach out to them, like, say, every two to three weeks, check in with them every two to three weeks. So it's about calendaring that time to make sure that you do it and stay in touch with them. That's the hardest part is calendaring the time. Mm. Yeah, 100%. This is where you got to live on your CRM for a little while and you got to make yeah. sure you use that correctly. All right. Yeah. Um, are you a Leo? 
I mean, you have that line in the background, and I, I, my birthday's on August seventh. I'm a Leo, so I, I'm curious to that, especially when you're talking about your authentic self. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw this this trend, and I, I did it with my wife uh, to to kind of figure out your your spirit animals, right? Yeah. And said, you know, what's your what's your first favorite animal? And I was like, oh, it's a lion. What's your second favorite animal? Uh, and I was like, oh, a bear. What's your third favorite animal? I was like, oh, an eagle. And then it came back and it said, okay, well, uh, the lion is how you want people to see you. The bear is how people actually see you. Okay. And the hawk is your personality type, how you actually are. And I thought that was kind of cool because I, I I am a people watcher and very much like yeah. a hawk. I don't know if I come off as a bear. I kind of hope <laughs> not, maybe a cuddly bear. Uh, but I do, I do like that persona of a lion, right? The king of the jungle. Yeah. So why does it sit in the back, uh, you know, in the back behind you? Are you a Leo? And then what do you think of that, uh, that analogy? Yeah, I, I think you're spot on. So I am a Pisces. I was actually born in March. Uh, but I have, um, I was told years back by a Native American shaman that my spirit animal is a lion. So mm. I, I bartered services with an artist and I gave her some executive coaching in exchange for the four by six foot canvas you see behind me. And so when she was interviewing me to figure out what she was going to put on the painting, she did ask a question about my spirit animal. And I told her about my dialogue with the Native American shaman. So I believe my life's purpose this time about unlocking potential, you know, being authentic is, is that part of my work is to be a lion spiritually to do hard things that the average person doesn't necessarily have to do. Like it's my job to lead the pride to something new and better and different for themselves. It just so happens that my mom is a Leo and my romantic partner, Tiffany, is a Leo. So there are lions all around. Well, good. I'm glad you got some great people in your life. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> all right, man. Look, what you're doing is, is uh, to me, some of the greatest work possible um, because you're you're helping people see the greatness within themselves. Right. Um you know, I, I had a conversation with some teachers this week and we we're talking about some of our DNF kids, right? And I have I have ninth grade and I have seniors, uh, two different types of classes. In my ninth grade class with my freshmen, one of the conversations I had with the teachers was I was like, look, there's a maturity level when it comes to learning things. And some of the kids that are in my class, it's not that they're incapable, it's that they're unwilling. Uh, and I'm, I'm having this conversation with her because she really cares about trying to save every single one. Right. Try to save every single kid. And for me, I'm like, look, some of the best things you can do with those kids that are unwilling is to develop a relationship with them, because when their maturity level clicks and they're now ready to receive the message of math that you're trying to teach them, they're going to have a different relationship with you. Uh, and you know, you're, you're, you have some background in education, what you're doing with people and, and their, their mental work is huge kind of wanted to know what you thought about that because on the one hand i'm torn i feel like i'm not saving every kid academically but on the other hand i'm like but i'm building some great relationships with some of my dnf kids that when they come back to me as seniors it's a whole different ball game yeah what's your opinion i i think you're absolutely barking up the right tree hernan in in i see this happening in corporate america right so when we talk about business or we talk about being a teacher or professor there's a lot of commonalities there and so in corporate America right now, what's happening is, is that the old command and control leadership style is being replaced by what's referred to as align and empower. Mm. 
And what that means is that we have to get to know our employees or our students at a personal level, right? We can't just be a talking head to them. We can't just give them direction. We can't just command and control that they do something. We have to connect to them at a deep level to help understand why this learning is important to their life. And oftentimes that comes from building the relationship or finding those uncommon commonalities so they can see that if they desire to be such and such profession down the road, that learning this now contributes to them being able to be successful at that. Hmm. And the same thing absolutely occurs inside corporate America. And I see it day after day after day because I get to coach some pretty cool people and some pretty cool places, but it's the same story over and over again is that if the boss or the leader or the supervisor doesn't connect with the employee at a deep level, he or she is not going to be motivated to do the work. So the relationship, the humanity, you know, getting to know someone at a personal level, whether it's a, a younger student or a more experienced executive, it's the same story. We're moving to a place <clears throat> in human history where relationships trump everything else. Right. And so kudos to you, Hernan, for being at that place of understanding that by building the relationship with the student first, then you're going to be able to inspire them through some other means to get the work done that might not seem interesting to them today. And all right, you make me feel a lot better. <laughs> it sucks, man. It sucks. It sucks when a kid doesn't want to do stuff. But I get it. I was there. Right. I, I've been there myself. Uh, and then when it comes to some of our employees. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when it comes to employees, too, uh, you know, that's something that I notice James does really well with our staff uh, in the insurance business. Uh, the coolest coaching calls that he reminds me of. He's like, I didn't tell her to do anything. I asked her questions and empowered her to come up with solutions and for her to set her goals and her metrics and, you know, all that stuff. And it's, it's powerful because all of a sudden that person has bought in, right? Yeah. Buy-in is one of the greatest things that you can get from students or, or employees or staff, whatever it is. It's, it's everybody's yeah. on the same page, looking in that same direction. You have got a great gift and what you're doing is helping people buy into the idea of they can be a better version of themselves. If people want to reach out and work with you, get some information about what you're doing, how can they do that? Yeah, I think it's you know, scrolling at the bottom of the screen. So michaelsseaver.com is the website. My middle name is Scott. Um, so I had to put that in there. michaelsseaver.com. It's a repository of uh, videos. It's a repository of podcasts. It's uh, articles. It's uh, free downloads. It's uh, online courses. So if anybody's disengaged or a little bit unhappy or looking for something different in their life, they can come to michaelsseaver.com and likely engage in some way that's going to move them to that point of clarity or happiness, or joy, or engagement, or better team culture, or learning how to be a coach. So love to have people come and hang out. Michael, uh, two things. One, one, I'll just get this one out of the way. What was your experience like on the Business Bros podcast? This has been so much fun. You've made me laugh and smile so many times. I feel very blessed, man. Thanks, Hernan. Awesome, man. Awesome. And then my other question is, I mean, you've been in podcasting for a while yourself. How has that changed your life and your business? It has really expanded my horizons because I'm an introvert naturally. So I naturally have a tendency to learn via reading a book, <laughs> um, but, but really getting into the place of being interviewed or being the interviewer has helped me prepare. It's helped me take other perspectives. It's helped me look at the world through a lens that I might not have looked at myself because I am so introverted. So to have to be an extrovert, I've challenged myself. I've learned new things about myself. I've learned information that I've been able to apply to client engagements almost instantaneously. So whenever we're confronted by the option or the choice to do something that we've not done before, 
I always want people to trust their gut and to do the thing that's a little bit scary because there's so many blessings that come from doing things that you've not done before. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know what you're going to learn. You never know how it's going to benefit you or what's going to come later. So just experiment and try. All right. Normally I would have some sort of monologue at the end, but I can't beat that. That was beautiful, Michael. It's exactly what I'm talking about right there. All right, ladies and gents, that's it. We're going to call it right here. Michael, thank you very much for being on the show and sharing. You're doing, again, you're doing some tremendous things. You're doing amazing things. Ladies and gents, go check out his stuff, www.michaelssiever.com, or you can find him at uh, Michael S. Siever on Instagram as well. Learn a little something. Have a conversation. You hear me say this over and over and over again. The person who you disagree with the most is probably the people you should go out and talk to, and it's okay to disagree. Just have an open mind, be a little empathetic, and realize that the reason you disagree is you just see the world from two different perspectives. Try to gain that other perspective. You don't have to agree, but you'll see the world completely different, and you'll be a better person for it. Michael, thank you very much for hopping on the show, man. Ladies and gents, we'll see you guys manana, S-H-I-T. So happy it's Thursday. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.